and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. Tonight we have with us Rabbi Akiva Zweig from Florida. Rabbi, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Excellent. I can tell you it's a little hot in Florida, but uh, being with you is uh, definitely a, going to be a warm experience, whatever the weather is. Thank you for all the work that you're doing with Project Chazak. Oh, Baruch Hashem, thank you very much, Rabbi Zweig. And tonight we're going to be talking about what is Torah being that it's right before the holiday of Shavuot. But before we get into tonight's uh, topic, Rabbi, if you could give our audience a little bit of a background of yourself and a little bit about the great work that you're involved with. be a pleasure. My father opened the yeshiva in Miami Beach in 1974. We moved from Eretz Yisrael, where my father was a Rosh Yeshiva and based at Talmud, uh, together at that time with Rabdo Schwartzman with Rav Moshe Shapiro, and Lahavdil Ben Chaim Mason with Rav Tzvi Krishalevsky. And just before my father left is actually when Rav Hutner also came to oh. base the Talmud. My father was recruited to open a yeshiva in Miami Beach by several important uh, members of the Miami Beach uh, Jewish community, the Berkowitz family, and the Alexander Gross, who started the local Hebrew Academy. And that was the beginning of our yeshiva. Since 1974 until today, the yeshiva has grown from yeshiva gedola, which means post-high school, to include a high school, an elementary school for boys and girls, oh, wow. as, well as, a, as well as a preschool. Here in Miami Beach, we actually have three campuses, and we currently actually have a, another project happening in Pennsylvania, in a little-known town called New Bloomfield, Pennsylvania, where yeshivas and camps go for Shabbatonim and summers and things like that. So Baruch Hashem, with all of that, and just working with the community in general, we've seen a tremendous flourishing in the South Florida community, even before last year. (laughs) Now that this past year is happening, of course, everything here is booming and burgeoning, and it's a very exciting time, and we feel privileged to be able to be in this business of learning Torah and helping people to learn Torah. Amazing, Rabbi Zwai. Yagdil Torah, Yadik, Tini, spreading the light. That's amazing. And we're going to jump straight into it. Like we mentioned, tonight's topic is what is Torah? So as we know, Shavuot is coming up. And uh, Rabbi, what are we celebrating on Shavuot when we, in essence, didn't really receive the Luchot slash the Torah and most of the mitzvot on Shavuot? So why is it called Zman Matan Tertain, the time of the giving of our Torah? If you could elaborate, we would really appreciate it. That's awesome. It's really a great question. It's interesting to me that people don't often focus on this question and speaks to how we really have to pay attention to everything that's happening in Jewish life. We talk about holidays, but we don't necessarily understand their significance or appreciate what the Torah itself says about the holiday or what the rabbis say. So yes, like you, Rabbi, mentioned in our prayers, we do say that it's Zman Matan Torah Tenu, either way. Uh, I've been a rabbi in both an Ashkenazrael and the Sfaradishal, probably because I can do Ayin and people like that. So either way, it works. And the question is, why do we call Shavuot, Shavuot, the time of the giving of our Torah, when at the end of the day, if we think about what happened on Shavuot, even though it's very significant, it doesn't seem to be when the Torah information was mostly given to us. A few days before Shavuot, Moshe read and wrote from the beginning of the Torah, from the Parshas Bereshis, the actual genesis of the Torah, through the history of the forefathers and the time that we spent in Egypt until we came to Mount Sinai. And he actually read that book to us before Shavuot 
but we don't celebrate that as the time of the giving of our Torah. And after Shavuot, Moshe went up to Mount Sinai, and he was there for 40 days and nights. Eventually, that became 120 days and nights. And that's when he learned the rest of the Torah, especially the oral Torah. That didn't get transferred and transmitted to the Jewish people until Yom Kippur of that year when Moshe came down and he eventually taught everyone the rest of the Torah. So why is Shavuot called the giving of the Torah? So what did happen on Shavuot? So what the Torah records and what we read, hopefully after having studied diligently throughout the night of Shavuot, what we read Shavuot morning is that Hashem appeared to us at Mount Sinai and he spoke to us the Ten Commandments, to us directly, the first two commandments, perhaps all of them simultaneously. That's a question that the rabbis discuss. But we didn't get anything. We heard the Ten Commandments. Now that's wonderful. And it was a great experience. So if we call Shavuot the day of a great experience, I would understand. But to call it the giving of our Torah, why does that terminology apply? And that's the question that uh, now you're asking me to answer. (laughs) That's right. Yep. Okay. So what I'd like to do is try to understand the word Torah and how what we call Torah, whether it's the written Torah or the oral Torah, the halachic Torah, how all of that fits this definition. So the first point we have to look at is what does the word Torah mean? And really it comes from the word more, which we're all familiar with, a teacher. So a hora'a or more or mora is a teaching or a guidance. So the best word, in my opinion, that defines into English the word Torah is guide. The Torah is a guide. Now we have to talk about a guide to what, and what does that have to do with Shavuot? If again, we didn't get all the information of it, why is this the best time to say, oh, we received the guidance of the Torah? And so my personal answer, and and just to like explain a little bit more on this elaboration, we know that The word Torah, for example, in addition to meaning guide, is also numerically 611, which is two away from 613, which are the commandments of the Torah, and the first two we heard directly from Hashem at Mount Sinai. Great. Okay, but what is this that's happening on Shavuot that is a guide? And so my answer is that we have to understand that there's a philosophically fundamental issue that the Torah is coming to address in terms of the creation of the world. Hashem created a world. That's something that we accept, something we learn from the Torah. We can have a discussion another time. How do we know that to be true? But that's the premise of Torah. When Hashem created the world, the intention was for Hashem to create a people with whom Hashem would have a relationship. And those people should exist forever. Now, the philosophic problem that the Torah is trying to solve is how can people who are finite have an infinite existence? How does it happen that people who are fundamentally not God himself, created from God, get to live forever? At a different time, talk about what is happening in all that forever. But for now, how does that happen? And the answer to that question is Torah. What Torah does is foundationally and fundamentally change and transform a person from being mortal to being immortal and that by the way refers to body and soul which is how most rabbis understand that not only do our souls live immortally but our bodies also in some fashion also come back in the future and will live on forever but how do we become a being that's capable of such an existence the answer is 613 commandments 
called Torah. But even that is built on the idea that these 613 commandments are guiding us to a fundamental connection to Hashem. The idea that a human being that is finite can relate to a God infinitely is the philosophical issue that Torah comes to address. And it's through the study and the observance of Torah that we become transformationally different and capable of living forever. Now, the first person to actually understand that is Avraham Avinu. Because the Talmud actually says that even though we celebrate the giving of the Torah on Shavuot, which again, we're still going to explain a little bit more, Avraham Avinu began the years of the Torah when he taught the people of Haran. The Torah in Tractate of Zarah, page 9a, says that the 2,000 years of Torah of the world begin with the idea that Avraham and Sarah had souls that they made in Haran. Es the souls that they made in Haran. Why is that called the beginning of the Torah? Because the answer is when you make someone's soul as a human being, you transform them into being capable of an infinite existence. That began with Avraham Avinu, and even though he didn't, so to speak, receive the information of the Torah then, what he did do was connect people into a meaningful, transformational relationship with Hashem. So you know what happened on Shavuos? On Shavuos, Hashem appeared in a way that he never, ever appeared again to human beings as a group, and it never before appeared, simply to say, I want to be connected with you forever. That's what happened on Shavuos. That is called the receiving of our Torah because we received the access to Hashem's infinity, which ultimately would be helped and guided through the Torah. So when we say we received the Torah on Shavuos, what we mean is we received the connection of infinity to Hashem in this world. Now, it starts with the Ten Commandments, and we heard the Ten Commandments, and that's why we were blown away. We weren't able to uh, even contain ourselves. According to the rabbis, we died, and Hashem resurrected us, and then we came back to life, because that level of sublime connection to God is really otherworldly. And that really is what happens when we learn Torah in a meaningful way. We feel like we're transformed and transported to a different world. That's the magic of the Torah, and that's what we mean by the receiving of the Torah on Shavuos. Amazing, Rabbi Zweig. Wow. Very, very, very interesting. And Torah does transform. We see this day and night with the work that we do at Chazak and the Kirib and the transforming of uh, people's lives from what they used to be and what they become. So, Rabbi, uh, the question is like this, that we constantly emphasize uh, Har Sinai, the Mount of Sinai. You know, Moshe Kibbal Torah means Sinai. Moshe got the Torah. We see the Torah from Sinai. Why is there such a focus on Har Sinai? What's the big deal? Why does it have to be mentioned constantly? That's a very important question, and I do want to relate it exactly to the word chazak. As we know, one of the things that we do whenever we finish a book of the Torah is we say chazak, chazak, chazak. We say that at the end of every Torah. And in fact, the the famous expression, yishar kochacha, that your strength should be your strength should be straightened and made good and, and true and long-lasting, what in us Ashkenazim like to call shkayach, right? As, yeah. opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to Yishar Kochacha, which appropriately Sfardim say, Chazak Hamatz, right? Chazak. Right? Yeah. That, comes, that comes from Moshe breaking the Luchot. 
when Moshe broke the Luchot because the Jewish people were not ready to receive them, that happened at the base of Har Sinai when Moshe came down with the Luchot the first time. So what Sinai really represents, and this is an amazing thing, is that human beings have a control over the Torah. When Hashem gives us the Torah, He says, the halacha is up to you. Moshe Rabbeinu, you decide that the Luchot, which Hashem carved himself and wrote himself, you decide that the people can't get it yet, I leave it up to you. You break it, it's broken, because you need to do whatever strengthens you. You need to have the Torah in a way that makes you strong. And that is what Hashem gave us on Har Sinai. Hashem didn't just tell us the information. He gave it over to us, which is why in the brachot and the blessings of the Torah, we say that Hashem gave us the Torah. He gives us the Torah. That's because we have a say. We decide what law is. We decide when the new month is. And we decide how to use the Torah for us. Hashem leaves that up to us. Torah is lo bashamayim because Hashem gave us the Torah. And that's represented by this location called Sinai, where not only did we hear the Ten Commandments, we received the Luchot, Hashem, Moshe broke them, then Hashem, Moshe and Hashem gave, forgave us, Moshe Davin for us, then we get a second Luchot. All of that is part of the Sinai experience, in addition to staying there for the next year and learning it and really internalizing that the Torah is ours and it's our responsibility and what we do with it is up to us and what we really should do with it is to help it to make us strong, have the Torah make us strong. Amazing, amazing, Rabbi Zwei. Powerful. Very, very good. So, Rabbi, we know that Gemara says that the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed. Of course, there's a different reason. Because, uh, one of the reasons is because the Jewish people didn't say Birkat the Torah, the blessings of the Torah. So, Rabbi, why is it that the Jews didn't say it? And why is it of utmost importance to say Birkat the Torah? You touched upon it before as well, by Birkat the Torah. Yes, yes. So, so the way I'd like to explain it, and just for for anybody who is interested, Maharal and many commentaries talk about this question extensively. This is a page Nidarim 81a in the Talmud. It's a very interesting conversation that the rabbis and the commentaries try to explain. What does it mean that because we didn't bless on the Torah, that's why the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple is destroyed or the land of Israel is lost? What, is that? what could that possibly mean? There are much worse sins. A common one is Lashon Hara. That's a terrible sin. It's worse than even the three cardinal sins. And unfortunately, people are guilty of that. We're going to say, no, that's not so bad. But not making a blessing on the Torah, that's really bad. And why weren't people making a blessing on the Torah? So over here, I think we really need to understand the difference between the wisdom of the Torah and the difference between that kind of wisdom and every other wisdom in the world. Philosophically, the way to explain it is that any information of the Torah is infinitely deep. It can be taken infinitely. There's layer upon layer upon layer, and it never ends. And that means it speaks to the issue of a human being being able to transform forever, like we spoke about before. Every other wisdom in the Torah is only as deep as you seem to understand it. Yes, sometimes it goes a little bit deeper than the surface. Certainly, there are many levels of math and science, but it's not intrinsically infinite unless it's Torah. And so the idea of making a blessing on the Torah is specifically to say that Torah is not another smart book. It's not another information or wisdom source. It's the source of all infinite truth. It's the source of everything that's true. That's the Torah. And therefore, if you don't connect the Torah to Hashem, you're saying the Torah is not the source of all truth because only that which is connected to Hashem can actually be infinite. 
So you're saying a blessing on the Torah. What you're saying is, I understand that this is not just good advice, not just uh, going to prevent me from getting uh, punished or give me reward. It's a way of tapping into infinite truth. That's only true if you understand that it's not only something that Hashem gave us, but Hashem constantly gives us. So that's why we say, Hashem no We don't say, blessed are you, Hashem, who gave us the Torah. We say, blessed are you, Hashem, who gives us the Torah. Because something that's infinite is ongoing. It's always happening. And Hashem is learning with us when we learn the Torah. He's giving us the wisdom, the brain power, the insight, you know, to see the infinite truths of the Torah. And that's a magical experience. But it's only that way if you're connecting the Torah to Hashem. And that's what a blessing does. I recognize Hashem, this comes from you and it is your teaching. And you are now teaching it to me even more. Wow. Amazing. If we don't understand that, then we really don't have the Torah. Unfortunately, we really don't have it. We can't actually say that it's going to help us in every way that we need. And we can't even really say that we have it. And there's no point in the land of Israel if we don't have the Torah. And this is why we call this uh, program Torah Talks, because we're talking Torah. And Torah exactly. is every single day. Beautiful, nice insight. And uh, Rabbi's wife, so many beautiful, amazing uh, insights and gems. Uh, we have a custom on Torah Talks for one final message for our broad audience. Uh, with regards to uh, whether it's this topic, another topic, a story, an insight, whatever you have in mind. Sure. So to me, this is a, something that uh, strikes very deeply and I'm very passionate about because I know I'm not the only one that, uh, you know, sometimes notices things in the newspaper like called Roe v. Wade and many other issues of social pressure and, and questions of society, how society is dealing with itself, how society is understanding gender issues in general, uh, what is democracy, what is freedom? These are all questions that society struggles with. And unfortunately, sometimes it seems like people are crazy. Uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where if, if we really say that there's no such thing as gender, then, you know, I don't know how to begin to understand who is a man, who is a woman, and is there a marriage and who should be with who? And it, it just gets to the point where it almost seems like nonsense and so difficult to understand. And, and we really have to understand that the gift of the Torah is that the Torah does teach us the truth. And it really guides us to how to live in a healthy way, in a way that makes sense. But not only that, in a way where people are not depressed. Do you know that globally speaking, the statistics of either being addicted to some form of drug or having anxiety or depressive disorder is a minimum of 20%. Most people think it's closer to 35%, which means one out of five or one out of three at a minimum of people that are either addicted, need severe, you know, medication and intervention in order to just kind of be okay. That's crazy. Torah is what teaches us how to live that the statistics become very different because we have a sense of purpose in life, because we know that we can really be elevated and dignified and transform and have an infinite future. And therefore there's a purpose. We understand that, you know, having children is a good idea. Today, people even wonder if that's a good idea. And yet, if you talk to any person in their 70s or 80s, they'll tell you the best thing in their world is their children. So everybody older says that, but the newer generation, not so much. So we need guidance on everything that we hear and everything that we read and society tries to teach us. And the Torah is the guide for that. And I think when we celebrate Shavuos, you know, it's great to have 
an all night of learning and it's great to maybe have cheesecake or blintzes or whatever your custom is, that's wonderful. But much more important than that is to realize the incredible value add that Torah is to our life. If we just simply open the book, read, discuss with a friend, discuss with the rabbi, say, hey, you know, what does the Torah say about abortion? What does the Torah say about gender differences in marriage? What does the Torah say about having children? And should I really or shouldn't I? What does the Torah say about these things? I think if we do that, in addition to following the Torah and whatever reward that implies, much more practically is we have much better lives that we enjoy, we're happy, and feel good. Amazing, amazing, Rabbi Akiva Zweig. Like the rabbi said, Torah is Torah. It's the way of life. And we all uh, right now before Shavuot should take upon ourselves to learn more Torah, to connect to the Torah. And uh, I want to thank Rabbi Zweig for the beautiful Torah talk. It was very inspiring and uplifting. And uh, Yishukah Chazak Baruch for all the great work they do in your community. And we want to thank all of our partners and friends for making the Torah talks available. I want to give a shout out and a thank you to our friend Rabbi Nagdeman from Lakewood for making the Shidduch of a year with Rabbi Zweig. And uh, shout out to you. And I um, uh, want to thank dailygiving.com.org. Uh, Dollar Day goes a very, very far away. Everyone should be a part of it. It's amazing. And uh, every single Tuesday night, we have special guests of the Chazak Torah Talks program uh, to dedicate future programs. Please uh, reach out to the Chazak organization, 718-285-9132, info at chazak, C-H-A-Z-A-Q.org. And uh, we should only hear B'Sarot Devot and only good news. Rabbi Zweig. Thank you once again. Really a pleasure. I look forward to seeing everything you're doing when I'm in New York. Mitzvah Shem, you're always welcome, Rabbi, and everyone's welcome. Please come and visit. Wonderful. Everybody be blessed.